you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time. My time. None of you people can tell me to stop. I know. What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to Next Gen Radio. This is a talk show where we bring you the fun facts about fitness, health, diet, and exercise. This is episode number 93. And I'm your host, Michael Colano. I'm here with my usual co-host, Kelly Krauss. Hello. And a special, well, I always say special guest whenever we have a guest well, on. They are, They're all special, special yeah. right? And special guest, Vince Gabriel. Vince Gabriel hey. is, hey, woo. Um, Vince Gabriel is the owner and founder, right, of Gabriel Fitness and Performance. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that's in Berkeley Heights, about 45 minutes or so southeast of us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. about this. Uh, He's through awesome. the Great Swamp, by the way. The That's what? how we would get there, go through the Great Swamp. I have no idea what that All is, right, but we'll, we'll talk about that. It's a nice ride. Um, he's also uh, the, uh, I guess, the host of the FBU podcast, right? the yep. Fitness Business University podcast. Yep. Uh, the owner of the SPF Mastermind, which Kelly and I are proudly part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the owner of the CEO Mastermind. Correct. Yeah, they're all under. That's part of the. SPF. They're all under the the branch of uh, a company called Fitness Business University. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. Well, thanks for clearing that up. I tried to do a little research for this. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> but he's also a uh, a father of two. Right? Three. Three. Two. I, I, research. I, think there's I a, didn't do much research. I'm, actually. Pr- I'm pretty sure there's another one in there. Yeah. 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 I think it's. Three. You think there's yeah. another one? I think there's. Three. Is there another one on the way? No. No. Definitely not. No. I actually just talked to a buddy this morning who's having his fourth, and I was just like, no. Oh God. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. No. My cousin has four. It's a no, lot. Th- three is good. We're at uh, where we are. Kids are ten, uh, nine, and seven, so it's like perfect ages. It's great. Yeah. Great. Right. Um, anything else that I missed? Since I missed everything no. in that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just missed a kid. It wasn't bad. Okay. You did good. All right. Uh, well, uh, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks absolutely. for having Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, I have to say that I've known you for quite some time now. Um, first and foremost, before uh, we even jump into anything, uh, I just want to thank you for, um, number one, always reaching out and being a part of, uh, you know, making sure that we uh, are continuing to, you know, build our relationship despite the fact that for the past five years or so, we were not part of the mastermind. Mm-hmm. Um, you were always very generous with information. Uh, I reached out to you and we were trying to get a marketing person. You gave us pretty much your entire uh, marketing hiring uh, book. So um, thank you for everything you've done for us over the years. And thank you for staying on top of me because I think the first time I met you uh, was probably like 2016 or 17. Uh, and it was at a Thomas Plummer. I can't remember if it was speaker school or one of his other you know, uh, business, uh, weekends, but, yeah. uh, I do remember, I think it was in Stanford, Connecticut and, yeah, uh, yeah. um, yeah, it was back. He, what he introduced me uh, to you, he said, uh, this guy's going to replace me one day and he's <laughs> in New Jersey guys. So I think you'll like him. Uh, so that's how we, uh, we met and then, you know, we stayed, uh, friends and acquaintances and then, you know, five, six years, maybe longer than that now, actually. We're uh, part of your mastermind group, and you put a great group together. So no. thank you. No, it's great. It's great to be here, and it's great to see the gym. I hadn't been here. I've seen only the videos on uh, YouTube and stuff, but uh, the gym looks outstanding, and I'm it sure is. the clients are getting good energy, right? Very good energy, and I'm sure the client good staff meeting. So everyone really, the staff meeting I saw when I came in this morning, everyone looked bought in and engaged mm-hmm. in what they were doing. So. The facility looks great. The staff looks great. Looks like this is going to be. I think we passed our first step. 
Yeah. All right. This is All right, well, we just end the show right there. There you go. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Give us a five star review. Thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, but well, thank you. Uh, it's been you know a, a long process. You know, as sure. you know, as a, a you know fellow gym owner, along with everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've gone through a lot of uh, different iterations of the staff, and, and uh, there probably was not many uh, as good as the one we we have now. That yeah. you know, but it's taken eight years. You know, we're, we're coming up on eight years and. Uh, Kelly actually started as a member here and, and after five, six years became an owner here and that's a different story for a mm-hmm. different time but uh, you know it's taken eight years to get uh, the staff that we need to, to push us forward so Great. Um, yeah, thanks for coming in so uh, tell us a little bit about your background right? what got you started in the fitness industry um, you know, when was it how long you've been in it yeah so the, the interesting thing is I think where we are is where I started my strength and conditioning fitness journey in Randolph, New Jersey. I believe there's a there's a, a guy named Chuck Mound who mm-hmm. was a like speed and conditioning coach when I was probably mm-hmm. like in sixth, seventh, eighth grade. I don't remember when I started, and I I was a in high school, you know, played football and did all that uh, training, and then you know started to work with different coaches and trainers and uh, you know in order to get uh, fit so it's interesting that we uh, are sitting here because mm-hmm. this is Where really did you like live? You grow up in I grew school? up in in New Providence okay. and you know there was a guy named this, this guy Chuck was like just but he was like the mm-hmm. only one doing it yeah. yeah you know back then like mm-hmm. there was really not much you had Parisi's uh, speed school but other than that like now it's very commonplace to have training and places mm-hmm. like that for kids but um but anyway the probably the original start for me was my own weight loss journey mm-hmm. that got me into fitness and i was a, a college football player that um i, I was 300 pounds and i played i played football at temple university so i was an offensive lineman so you got to be really big and fat and heavy mm-hmm. and to, to be able to do that and so I finished my last year of football and I decided to move from Philadelphia to San Diego, which is like it's a big move. That's yeah. it's a great move if you you know, and, mm-hmm. and North Philadelphia, mind you. North <laughs> Philly. So yeah. North Philly to Southern hey. California. You probably stood out a little bit in yeah. North Philly. It was uh, <laughs> it was it was a great move to, to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But I um, I said I can't go to San Diego, this big fat lineman. Right, because I wanted to go yeah, on the beach. And I, I was I was planning to move to a place called Pacific Beach in mm. in San Diego, which is like an amazing spot. Were, were you single at the time? And uh, oh, totally single. Uh, like twenty, a college kid. I was like, I, I was twenty four years old or twenty three years mm-hmm. old, and so I was like, I got to lose weight, and I ended up like starting to really read a lot about fitness. I had always been into it mm-hmm. with strength conditioning and things like that, and I was hurt a lot in football, so I was into like the physical therapy side of things. But um, I started to read all the magazines, right? And I ended up getting my first certification that summer in the, for the ISSA. So you remember uh, sure. the ISSA? Yeah, um, we actually uh, I had a bunch of books in here just cleaned out. I think I have an old ISSA manual yeah. Like, yeah, from like the late 90s. So <laughs> it took like, yeah, it's like an old school, like, uh, you know, more of a bodybuilding, powerlifting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, spin on the cert. But uh that was my first cert, so I'm just like trying to really do it for myself. And in my own journey, I kind of got into 
teaching others on how to do it. And I uh, ended up losing, I think, 80 pounds in like three or four months. Wow. So I went from like 300 pounds to 220. And I was like a different person. Like yeah. oh, my yeah. teammates would walk by me in school because I was still I and still stayed one semester at Temple. And uh, so that spring semester, I, in the fall semester, I was 300. In the spring semester, I was 220. Wow. And people, my teammates would walk by me and not recognize <laughs> who I was. They like, yeah. they couldn't believe it was the same person. Wow. The big difference. Uh, yeah. And so, um, you yeah, know, I really, you know, kind of was like, wow, that's a really, you know, uh, successful thing I did. And I wanted to start helping other people do that. And I was kind of at the point where I was majoring in business and I was taking like economics and accounting and stuff and I wasn't really into it I was like mm. I'm really into fitness I really am into you know getting you know get into the weight room and working out and then helping others do it so I moved to San Diego and I got an internship at a place called Fitness Quest 10 which is a pretty well-known gym in San Diego we were most well known for training Drew Brees and mm. LaDainian Tomlinson mm. In the same year of 2006, both of them got the FedEx Air and FedEx Ground Players of the Year. Wow. So I started working there and got uh, very entrenched in the NFL training uh, world where I was, you know, had a pretty good list uh, of NFL client, uh, NFL uh, football players as clients. And at the same time, I was working with moms and dads and mm -hmm. kids and everything like that. And the all at the same facility. Yeah, all at the same facility. And the kid, the facility was pretty cool because it was like eight o'clock. I would train, you know, a defensive lineman for the San Diego Chargers. Nine o'clock, I would train a housewife. Ten o'clock, <laughs> I would train, you know, some guy that was a hairdresser. And then four o'clock, I would train a kid. Right? It was just like this crazy. Yeah. Very, very divert. From, it was a nightmare from a marketing standpoint. It's yeah. like yeah, you yeah. can't market all those, yeah. right? As I look back now, it's right. just like. Uh, but it was just a very unique mm -hmm. place, and actually, I was interestingly just there uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, and you know visited. And there's mm -hmm. shocking thing is I, was, I haven't been back in 15 years, and there's still trainers that worked there 15 years ago. Really? And it's just like wow, that's a that's a grind. That's not a lot of change in yeah. your life. Um, but it's cool. I th but I think that's a testament to the culture that that place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, has built. So I worked there for five years. Now, did you did you choose that place purposely, or is it just you kind of got lucky by uh, ending up there? It's usually always a Jersey thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking for internships one night, and the owner of this place was a Jersey guy. Mm. So I was like, all right, I'll try this out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, went and just got an internship. I had no real experience in fitness at the time, other than my my special ISSA cert. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But I hadn't really trained anyone and started working for free and, um, you know, worked my way up. I directed that football, created the football program, the football training program there. And, um, you know, f five years, um, you know, had a good run, built that's up great. a good base of clients. And, but that's kind of the, the story. And then I met my wife. My wife was a Pilates instructor there. And so we met there, and then in 2007, we got married and moved back to New Jersey. Hmm. Did you start taking Pilates then at the time? Um, you know, that's funny. Uh, I never really did, but she was – so I was training all the NFL guys in fitness and doing their strength and conditioning. She was the Pilates instructors for all the top NFL players. Hmm. Hmm. So she had these guys in there that were like 300 pounds, just 
just walls of muscle and going in and looking at the Pilates room and looking at the springs up and down and them like smirking like oh what is this <laughs> yeah. and they would get in there and they would yeah. be like totally two, five story. minutes later yeah. they'd be gushing sweat <laughs> and they'd be like oh my god working muscles that they've never even yeah. felt before in their entire life so it was a very interesting thing um, to see these very alpha guys and these top level athletes go into something like Pilates and then after working with her, realizing, wow, this is something, one, I need, mm-hmm. um, but two, this is a challenge that I'm putting myself through that I did not sure. think existed when they're used to training a certain way. Now, it was it was obviously a compliment right. to their other things that they were doing. It wasn't right. a replacement right. by any oh, right. means. Yeah. Yeah, um, but they, yeah, she, she, they, uh, she got the respect from in, in Pilates from some of the top NFL players all across the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it probably also gave you a different mindset, too, of like, you know, that helped you down the line when it came to training adults um, that people are uncomfortable, right? Put yourself in an uncomfortable position. Then um, most of the, the general population adults that, that we see come through the doors, um, that's the hardest part, right? Is them making that first step mm-hmm. to actually come in because it's a very uncomfortable situation to be put in. Um, you know, an environment where you're not used to moving that way or you're, you're listening to language that you know, it's like a different language and um, probably watching your NFL guys that you, you know, push to the limit and then, you know, they go into that, that Pilates room and, you know, start screaming probably worse than with you, right? It gives you that perspective that, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody needs uh, a little different approach to get out of their comfort yeah, zone. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, so you were in California. You spent Wait, five years. Out. How did you convince your wife to leave California oh, and boy. move to New that Jersey? Is, that is a long one. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, you um, had to do some serious selling for that. So, so here's what it was. It was consistency because we were friends beforehand, and then um, I always told her what my plan was. My plan was to marry her and move home. Well, to to move home. <laughs> okay. And to open a gym in New Jersey. That was my plan from the day I decided to go to California was I'm going to be out here for a certain amount of time to learn as much as I can. It was really about learning and getting around, you know, other high-level experts so I can learn as much as I could. And then my plan was to move back home um, and open a gym, which was exactly that. And so I kind of – it wasn't like a surprise there. She knew okay. before she knew we were – got. Uh, started dating and she knew before any of that that that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to that do. you were going yeah. home and she's a she's she's a good egg so she she came yeah well this has fire question yes Can thank we you on? well I read, I read that in your book you told that story in one of your books oh I did yeah. okay mm-hmm. so I just wanted to make sure I just wanted to know like was it a hard sell for her <clears throat> it was but like you said, she knew it was happening. So if she wanted to go, she was yeah. going to go. And you never know. We'll go back at some point, probably. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. yeah. To live? Yeah. Oh, yeah. San Diego. Right. I've never so. been there. I've been to the West Coast, but oh I've never been gosh. to San Diego. You got to go. Nice. Yeah. It's really yeah. great. It it's is. like perfect all year oh, round. Oh, right? it's so nice. I love it. Are you, are you a surfer? I never surfed. I Well, actually, I, sorry, I tried once. Tri- okay. I did not. Tried, tried once. Tried once. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, what happened? Why didn't you go back? Eh, I just, was it really, do you like yeah. snowboard, wakeboard? Like, do you have any of that? Uh, no, I never did any of that stuff. I definitely have skied before, but okay. it's just, a, I don't know, you, you get out there and it's like, I, I was talking to a buddy whose kids are out there and he's like, it's like borderline vacation, like every mm-hmm. day to get out oh, there, yeah. even when you live there. Um, you know, because of the weather, because of it's a very relaxed 
mm. nice environment. So yeah, Mike, I think you, I think you'd really like it. Out there. You think yeah. Out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I put out that vibe, but I, I need are, to be. What about a? Time. I need to be. Yeah, we'll know. open up in a facility out there. Yeah, know, sure. Yeah. Right next to Fitness Quest Ten. Right, we'll compete with them. There you go. Um, well, I mean, you've been in the game for a long time now, right? That was five years over there. You came over to New Jersey. You, your plan was to open up a gym. Um, did you have that plan because you wanted to get into the business side of things, or is it because you just wanted to do it your way and you like training people? Um, I wanted to open up a gym for one reason and one reason only is um, I wasn't going to be able to provide the life that I wanted to for my family um, on, a, on a trainer salary. Mm -hmm. So it was really, that's obviously from the very beginning, that was the motivation. It's like, and I talked to my dad, my dad was in finance and pretty successful guy. And he's like, I told him, I was like, I'm going to be a trainer. And he kind of looked at me and he <laughs> took his hand and Aww. he patted, patted me on the head. It's like, Oh, mm -hmm. what a nice, yeah. what a nice thing to do when you're 24. Um, mm -hmm. but, and, and then he, he told me, he's like, you know, you got to understand that if you're going to do this and you want to make a really good living out of it, you're going to have to be in your own business. And it's an interesting thing because at the time I did not know that I did not know like what comes with the territory mm -hmm. of owning a business mm -hmm. and the incredible mind game that is played with yourself when you do when you are an entrepreneur i i did not obviously know that i kind of just you know very ignorantly walked mm -hmm. into it and got smashed in the face by it mm -hmm. as we as we most do but mm -hmm. i think it was just saying i love this industry i love fitness i know i don't want to train people forever mm -hmm. and the next level for me was was owning a business so it really, the intent of what I do for a living now, that never was an idea. That never mm -hmm. was a thought. I thought I was going to own a gym, and I thought maybe I would open multiple gyms or a really, really big gym. But I kind of did not have even on close to the radar of what I was doing mm -hmm. um, today. Well, I think that's the case for, like you said, most entrepreneurs, regardless of what industry you're in. and. Um, it's kind of like a sexy narrative now, right? To be an entrepreneur and like guys like Gary Vee talk about like natural born entrepreneur. Like, yeah, maybe there's a dime a dozen like that, probably less than that. Um, but uh, similarly to you, I got smashed in the face when yeah. I first walked in. And I think that's the case for most people um, who start a business, especially for, um, you know, people like us, the three of us in this room who are in this as technicians, if you want to use yeah. that term, or um, as trainers first, and then you know decided to, to do our own thing from there. So, um, you know, the, the failure rate is probably significantly uh, higher to be an entrepreneur than, than what most people actually think. I, I personally, I absolutely love it. And I don't think that I would have it any other way. And I think if you were to look on paper, um, I think there's a Gina Wickman has a book or some kind of even test that you can take to see if you would be a good entrepreneur or mm. not and mm. saying basically saying like it's not for everybody but I look at it a little differently I look at it as that there is um, built-in personal development as an entrepreneur that you cannot escape and you basically if you look at a lot of people and there's really successful people out there there's they're successful doctors, they're successful lawyers, and there's people that make good money. Mm -hmm. um, but I would think that the growth path of a lot of those careers is not even close to where it is as entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. right? And so 
what being an entrepreneur is about is really about growth and growth as a person and it's impossible to escape it and that's why i love it so much i love it so much because if you don't grow you literally will stand still and the standing still part is what gets you know you in serious serious trouble mm-hmm. and so i've just really have fallen in love with the growth side of things um, both as a person both in business and and the challenge of that and what that in turn has done is give me a lot of meaning and purpose in life. So mm-hmm. I think that there's, because that's where like a lot of meaning and purpose comes from. It sure. comes from the challenges that you overcome. And it's just like, it's a life of built-in solving problems and built-in challenges. And so it's like, it's hard and it can be anxiety producing, but it's very, very, very meaningful. What I, else I is found. that? Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I, it's like a, an addiction. Like there's, there's, nothing, I, there's nothing that would make me fulfilled happy then they continue to see what's the next step for me personally for the business like that mindset i I don't i personally don't get how people fall into like a routine right i guess that's maybe why depression's so high too and why um you know places like next gen and gabriel fitness um you know provide that third place that home that that gets them out of that and and allows that personal growth right because that's what working out is too working out personal growth um and, and staying healthy and uh, you know, without that, could very easily fall into some bad, bad routines and oh, habits. Yeah. And um, but going back to your point, you know, like I was literally I was reading the book. Uh, what's that book uh, you gave us? The Untethered, Living Untethered. Yeah, yeah. I, I got like twenty pages left, but I was literally thinking about. It. I didn't I had no idea this where the conversation was going to go. But um, this morning when I was reading, it, I got done. I was like, this is why I enjoy what I do so much because um, trying to to find that 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 energy source that that drives me um it wouldn't be there without you know continually trying to grow and get better and yeah. continually to find um get rid of my blockages and but that all comes with being a business owner right being right an and i don't think you even read a book like that if you're not you know committed to growth like because what happens is when you're committed to growth you find you hit walls right Mm -hmm. and you want to break through the walls and then there are certain times you need certain things and there was a period of my life where i needed that kind of book Mm -hmm. and i had to pick up and find it and i don't know if you want to talk about the i mean the i'm so passionate about that i gave um just for the audience listening i gave i bought a hundred copies of the book living untethered by the author michael singer and i gave them out to everyone that came to mastermind and you guys both got uh, copies of the book and the and the and the premise of the book is um, I mean it's way too deep to go into <laughs> um, but the premise of the book is all about letting go mm-hmm. it's all about not resisting the things that are going on in your life and allowing yourself um, to let go and we're finding a lot of the gripping and the holding on tight to things and you know to to turn it into um, something that would relate to your listeners is you know the the um, the obsession of losing weight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The obsession of I have to lose this amount of weight and checking the scale every day, and that causes like a certain level of anxiety for people to think about that all the time. Oh, yeah. Versus if people would just kind of let go and yeah. be like, okay, I'm gonna do the best that I can. I'm right. going to eat well. I'm going to exercise, but I'm not going to be so held tight to this result that I must achieve by this certain date. 
because that just really causes uh, a, a much bigger source of, mm -hmm. of anxiety. And so the singer stuff is uh, for anyone interested in that is uh, is powerful. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it so far. And, and yeah. before you, you handle this out, I've, I've actually been on a kind of a self-exploratory journey of like, um, I guess, visual, visualization and manifestation. Yeah. And I, I've never been good at meditating, probably because I've never put the time into, like I try to put the time in and I find myself just falling back asleep because like, yeah. Yeah, I do it in the morning. I try. But um, now I, I, I do visualization um, with some guided type meditation yeah. mm -hmm. and um, it, it kind of really goes hand in hand. And for me, you know, for us in the room, and, we're into fitness, right? That's kind of part of our mm -hmm. just lifestyle. It's just it's it's a routine. But um, you know, for me to to take that next step in, in personal growth, it's about making my mind stronger, right? Yeah. Like, and and that for me is it was tough to make that part of my routine, right? Because I actually had to make it like a point on my schedule to um, meditate. We call it, but I you know I don't do meditate. I visualize it, but um, to make it actually something that um, is a critical thing on my schedule yeah. or else I wouldn't do it, right? I wouldn't do it because I, I didn't, quote, see the, the immediate benefit, but it's all about that long-term, that view of it. And for me, adding it into my schedule has completely changed my, my view on a lot of different things. And um, and then the last mastermind, you handed out that book, and mm -hmm. um, it just kind of all plays into uh, where me personally, where I've been going mentally and uh uh, spiritually, I guess you would say, because I've never been a religious person. I didn't grow up with religion, um, and you know, but I've always felt that there's something more that's inside of me, inside of people, inside of the world, and uh, you know, this is kind of put the cap on that, or maybe not cap. Hopefully, opened up the door even more uh, in that journey for me. So yeah, no, I've, I've been book. meditating for you know, I think I think I started the Headspace journey in 2014, which is like an app. Um, that a lot of people use. So I started doing, and I've been doing it on and off, but after mm -hmm. that book, what I think that book does a really good job of is shining the light on the importance of it mm -hmm. and it almost being like as important in fitness as like drinking water. Right. And like you're not going to go a day where you don't drink water. And so I've done the same thing you have is prioritizing mm -hmm. meditation in whatever form you use, but... Hey, and then certain people need certain things. I found that I'm a type of person that really succeeds when that part of my life is in check mm -hmm. in terms of my mind being clear and my mind being open. Um, so I too have made that like, a, it's the number one thing I do when I get up. I don't do anything before that. It's, mm -hmm. I don't brush my teeth first. I don't, I don't shower first. It's number one, I go from my bed to my chair. And I meditate, mm. and it's just like a thing that's been ingrained in in, in me. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and um, I'm going to tie this back to fitness in one minute, but um, you know, for me, it's like one of the first things I do in the morning. I brush my teeth first, and then I uh, go downstairs in the chair. I put my headphones on for uh, the guided. I, I I like to um, say it's manifestation, you know, because I visualize. I try to manifest it, um, and that's also you gave us like a paper that you know kind of is a manifestation type. Yeah. Um, so. And my, uh, for me, is more about the success of uh, the business right now. That's my mm -hmm. where my headspace is at. So it's all, um, not all, but financially driven and putting um, myself in positions to uh, earn money for the business. And it's amazing to me. And in the past, I used to just say it's just, oh, it's a coincidence. I'm noticing it more. 
Um, but since I've been, uh, quote unquote, making myself more open to get more money, um, there's been more opportunities with more money coming my way and, and coming our way as a, as a business. And, as a, and it just, it kind of, I'm still kind of mind blown a little bit, like how that works, you know, like, and so it, I, I guess the journey for me is just getting started. But yeah. um, um, it's, it's, uh, it's something that if you visualize yourself uh, gaining results, whether it's financially, whether it's physically in the gym, health-wise, um, the more positive you, you view that and the more um, times you see yourself in that position as a healthy and fit person, as a financially fit person, um, the better chances you have uh, of moving in that direction. Yep. Um, you know, it's magnetic, right? It draws in that energy um, that you're trying to uh, attract. Absolutely. So, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so it works. So if you have uh, fitness goals, start thinking about it, right? Start thinking about it in a positive way. Start visualizing yourself 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds, but don't obsess over it, right? And that's yeah. that balance. That's that tough part. Um, you know. Well, I mean, if you're doing something about it, yeah, that's right off the bat. You feel good about it. You know, sitting there thinking about it and not doing anything about it is going to cause that anxiety. But yeah. once you hit, once you start moving, once you start going, yeah. I think so, you start to feel better. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah this went a little, a little deeper than I expected. But, um, <laughs> you know, while we're on that, that topic of success and manifesting success, uh, you know, you've been you know, doing this for a long time, five years in California, and then over here from 2001, you opened up Gabriel Fitness? No, uh, 2007. 2007, so, so 15 years, yeah. 15 years yeah. now. Uh, that's a lot of wow. time working with people, working with individuals. Um, uh, do you have a, a favorite success story or a client success story that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, probably in 2016, um, we ran a program called the sweepstakes which is like a giveaway where we gave away i think it was like a six-week package of training that was like the kitchen sink like they get mm -hmm. a trainer for six weeks and it's free so people had to uh, apply for it and fill out like an application and we were planning on doing this documentary style thing where we you know took the people that won the four people won we picked four winners and we took those four people and we ran them through like a, almost like a, uh, a day by day, what's going on in the life of this person cool. during the thing. And it was actually, yeah, it was really cool. Um, so we would like post pictures of their food and post, you know, videos of them working out and have interviews with them. And the, um, the, the, the success story that comes to mind was a woman named Kathy who, um, who we, we picked and she was, um, never really had any experience at all working out and, you know, was very afraid and intimidated by gyms, mm -hmm. you know, like mine. And uh, there was um, a lot of hesitation, but she started to do it. And uh, she ended up losing, I think in the six weeks, she lost like 25 pounds in the first six weeks. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that what happened was she was like a, a really like, big personality right she was very well known in the community very well liked in the community and um she was also really good on camera and so we're doing these videos and i we started doing the videos like i would just have her in the video with me 
And uh, it's like, all right, this is how you do a squat. And, mm-hmm. and she looked at me and, and she'd be like, nah, this is, this is boring as shit. No one's going to do this stuff. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's like, so all of a sudden she's like, let me do it. And so she like took the mic and she started doing the videos. And she oh, was funny. like, you get down there on the ground and you do it. <laughs> um, Sounds like Chris. And, uh, and the, the cool thing, we, we started recording a video every Monday. And it was when we, we trained together at 2 o'clock every Monday. And we, we started recording this video together. And I had never seen anything like this on Facebook engagement, you know, on your business page, you get a couple comments, mm-hmm. a couple likes, but like she would post these on on her on her Facebook page and there'd be like legitimately 347 comments <laughs> from people. And, and literally this lasted for like an entire year. Wow. And we wrote a, we ended up writing a book together um, we did like a seminar together. She was invited on all kinds of talk shows. She was on the Rachel Ray. Really? No, no, she was on the Dr. Oz show. She's been on Dr. Oz like knows her. She's been on Dr. Oz like twice. <laughs> That's great. Uh, she started her own healthy recipes group um, that has like I think five thousand members or something like that. Um, and then, all and from winning she's, a sweepstakes. That's well, she's, awesome. But now she the coolest thing about her is one. It, this is seven years later. She's still fit, still in shape, still works out regular, still eats healthy, and she's like a a, a coach for other people. She's not like a paid coach or anything yeah. like that. But she literally, people call her every day and are like, "Hey, what should I do? What should I eat for breakfast? Yeah. What should I eat for lunch?" And she's been put in this position of being a mentor. Uh, to to people and you know she's 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 such an awesome funny person, um, but that's if I look back on the best success story I've ever had, um, it's you, her well, you because totally changed her I, life. Say, you I mean like changed her life. well yeah. the, but the best story is because it's like it's the impact has not just been on her mm-hmm. right the impact was on her oh. originally but now the impact is on all the people that she's like helping yeah. through you know just being an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, of that and that's what she was she was an example of and she was an inspiration of like all right if she did it if kathy did it i can do it too mm-hmm. you know and um so yeah that's you know so in, what, what separated her from everyone else who has not succeeded yeah no it's funny because she, yeah, she's had a lot of friends that she's recommended to come to the gym and a lot of people thought that there was a, so a lot of people that honestly got disappointed because they thought that, all right, I'm going to go to Kathy's gym. I'm going to go yeah. and do Kathy's diet mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do everything Kathy did. And they did it for three months and then they slowly started. Right. To, so there was a lot of people that like were frustrated be like, well, how does Kathy do it? How does she do it? Um, and it is she the number one thing that she did better than it was it was a, it was an un believable commitment to her discipline with nutrition like that was it that was the one thing but she was never like like super like hardcore in the gym she wasn't like this gym rat Mm -hmm. that like would really get after it in the gym she was a really fun person she was she liked to joke around more right you know than than actually work out and we had we had a great time um but you know our monday workout was walking and dunking donuts getting a coffee Mm -hmm. and coming back that was our monday workout Mm -hmm. right um, but she had this incredible discipline with with, with her food mm-hmm. and an incredible consistency. Right. And that's the thing that I think separated. And she does not, to this day, I mean, I think she probably still follows the same 
meal plan that mm-hmm. I wrote out for her seven years ago. <laughs> um, so she, so so some of it is a little bit of an almost um, rigid mm-hmm. approach to discipline, and that's one of the things like I'm doing now there's a program called 75 hard Mm -hmm. um, that i'm doing now with our buddy joe hashi Mm -hmm. who's probably the other most disciplined person i've ever met in my life but um, 75 hard is essentially this commitment to working out two times a day Um, you um, have to you have to follow a specific meal plan you can't stray from it so you can't drink alcohol at all Uh, you have to uh, read 10 pages of personal Mm -hmm. development every day which is not really an issue uh, for me and drinking a gallon of water, but it's this commitment to these five things. And the purpose of it is it's something hard, right? Right. And I think that's the other thing too, um, that people need that exposure to challenging things. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we get through this life and we are, um, everything is now the way society is, is we're trying to become more comfortable, right? We want more comfortable chairs and we want more comfortable seats and we want more, more comfortable with this and everything is almost like to this swing of I have to have extreme comfort at all times mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it's like we really grow through through discomfort there's a guy in the mastermind that that wrote a book called the power of discomfort and I think that um, that's where like stuff like fitness and working out it's like personal development happens when you do things that are actually hard mm-hmm. and challenging. And that's what, you know, I'm doing with 75 hard. That's what Hashi does with um, all these like crazy mountain climbs. That's what someone that runs a marathon or someone that runs a 5k for the first time in their life, they've all of a sudden right. done something or even, um, you know, I'm doing some work with Spartan right now. And hey, right. uh, a 45 year old woman that has never worked out in her life that trains for three months and then does a Spartan race her life is different, yeah. right? Her life is different yeah. because she did something that she didn't think she could do. Um, and I think that's the next level of, of, of fitness, right? I think the next level of fitness is we got to get the consistency down and consistent habits. But then I think the next level of fitness is using fitness to use it as a physical challenge to um, make yourself a stronger, better person, mm-hmm. make yourself a more disciplined person in every aspect of mm-hmm. your life. And I was always against that. Uh, you know, I kind of like came up in the world of, you know, uh, making sure people are safe and making sure people are healthy and, you know, not doing anything stupid. And I still agree with that. But I also agree that fitness can be used, um, you know, to, to enhance your life and to make you uh, a stronger, better version of yourself. I, I created a, a kids program recently called grit athlete performance i see on your hand i believe mm-hmm. it says grit yeah yeah, totally um, yeah hope you didn't trademark that because mm-hmm. i did <laughs> <laughs> right but um and I, I i i used to have i used to own a gym that trained athletes and we got them stronger and we got them faster but i was like yeah there's a lot of people doing that and mm-hmm. i was like i look at what my kids need right and what do i want my what would i want my kids to learn from a place like this i would want them to get stronger and faster but i also want them to do things that are hard because when they do things that are hard and challenging they're going to grow as people and that is like what reason why i created the whole program that's why i like my kids doing uh my both both uh, two of my kids do brazilian jiu-jitsu right now mm-hmm. um so finding that next level of challenge I think is a is a really big um, 
uh, thing that the fitness industry has the ability to do. I think Spartan's doing it really well. I think you guys are probably doing it really well of, you know, hey, you know, most of the probably the women that came here never, you know, they waved around four pound dumbbells, Mm -hmm. you know, for 20 years and realized they weren't getting results. And all of a sudden you guys put 45s in their hand and they did it. And they're like, holy shit, I didn't think I'd be able to do that. Yeah, that's um, true. We got just like you. We have a a, a bell out there for NPRs, and we, okay. we love watching. You know, I'm not just the women, everybody, but especially the women challenge themselves to a point where they didn't think they would be able to like actually lift some real weight, like they're and and get stronger, and like that bell goes off and it pushes everyone else in the gym, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of an energy when you hear it. Like mm-hmm. everybody just stops, you know, and yay, and then no matter who it is, it's just such mm-hmm. a it's such a healthy thing to have in the gym. Yeah, um, but it's fine because we our um, culture, uh, our training culture per se, is starting to uh, shift and adjust a little bit more to that um, that grit type yeah. culture, and it's it's happening um, almost organically with our members. Even though some of our members have been here for eight years now, um, it's it's that mindset shift almost. Um, I don't know if it's something that's happening in, in society collectively, but um, you know, like our, our trainers, our coaches, plus we have some younger coaches coming on and they have that, you know, let's push you a little bit further, not like out of your comfort zone. Like, yeah, it might be uncomfortable, but that's because you're not used to being in that position or that range of motion. You know, in the past, we would be more uh, likely to make it more comfortable and modify so that, yeah. you know, their wrist wasn't bothering them a little bit. But, right, right. you know, there's a difference between pain and being, you know, in an uncomfortable position that will you know, make you grow. So, um, I love that concept of, of grit with the kids and the kid training. Cause that's, um, that, that's something that, I mean, I don't have kids. Kelly has a couple of kids, yeah. but I, I think that's something that's, that's really missing in our society. Yeah. You know, during COVID we, um, we, we really couldn't keep the sports performance thing going. It was just like a really challenge. And so we actually shut it down. And, mm-hmm. um, I was like, there was like a calling that I felt like I felt was the one thing that I wanted to do was create something for the younger generation um, to to be exposed to fitness and to be exposed to training um, but on like another level and so we started it we relaunched it last uh, two years ago or no last year now and now I'm going to be licensing it all over the country so I'm going to take this exact concept um, and can be that concept can be put in a place like mm-hmm. this and from 3.30 to 6.30 in the afternoons when most gyms aren't super busy, uh, they'll be able to train kids and it could be start with just kids of the members and then branch out to the community and everything like that. But I mean, I think that, hey, if we wanna you know, make fitness strong in the future, let's let our kids grow up in that world. Absolutely. And, and, and that's what we're trying to do here with Grit. Yeah, that's great. Um, I don't know about you, I know growing up for me, I loved being in the weight room and pushing myself yeah. hard and I don't see that happening. As I mean, I'm not in general pop weight rooms anymore, right. but it was like a, a rite of passage to get in there and lift with everyone. And um, I, I think just building it into the culture by having a program like that will, will help uh, bring that back, right? And, and it was always, um, it was always a good, uh, uh, I guess, experiment to see how far you could push yourself even into like dangerous <laughs> areas, which yeah. hopefully this, that's not happening. But um, that's why I know I personally got into fitness because I was always getting hurt when I was, I was a baseball player. I played college, but I was always getting hurt. And looking back, it had a lot to do with the way I was training then. 
um, you know, typical meathead, just trying to bench as much as I could. Uh, but, you know, kids need that, that structure of um, not only coaching and guidance, but um, of that collective atmosphere of where everyone's pushing and working hard right and yeah. that's there a lot of that is missing you know uh, it's yeah. probably in gym classes and again i can't speak on uh you know i don't have kids but it's probably I, I think that's like the first thing that's getting cut out is like gym yeah. class and yeah. you know you can have every excuse in the world not to participate anymore it's just um it's needed it's needed yeah. so it's it's great to hear that you have yeah, that program absolutely. and hopefully you'll be able to spread across the country and the world and get into a lot of gyms yeah no that's the plan um, so yeah, so Mastermind, how long has that been, been going on? Uh, Mastermind started with eight people in 2018, I believe we started. Okay. Yeah, I think January 2018. You said with eight people? Eight people. How'd you get those yeah. first eight people? Uh, we did a mini workshop at my gym. Okay. We just called it mentorship and basically had a seminar where I got, had, you know, I think, 10 or 20 guys I came in and I taught them you know stuff about business for two days mm -hmm. and then I said hey I'm doing this mastermind and got um, you know about eight people to were they all like local to. or did people fly in for um, this or like no, how it was uh it was probably uh I don't know if there was any west coast at the time but there was just like a couple of Michigan gym owners yeah. but yeah I'd say around the east coast uh, middle America a couple of Chicago gyms um and it was, I think at the time, I don't remember if I had written my book yet, um, but I was kind of doing dabbling in some stuff. I was part of, I was a coach in another mastermind, mm -hmm. so I was kind of getting my name mm -hmm. out there. Um, so I, I, I was known by, you know, a decent amount of gym owners in mm -hmm. the space. Um, but yeah, going off on my own for the first time, and it was like a second business, you know, I had the gym for many years, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I've you know done pretty well and you know was you know some things yeah and I and I think at at, at one point it was out of I don't want to say boredom but kind of like it's like okay I've done this for a while yeah. and now mm -hmm. I'm like ready to go do something else and my gym was running on its own pretty much and mm -hmm. had a good staff in place and um, it gave me the freedom and the time to 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 get out there and start teaching you know about and and I think it was um, you know as trainers you know we we're never really taught how to run a business, mm -hmm. right? You're just like, nope. you know, okay. you're like, you know how to train people. You get that ISSA cert and you know, mm -hmm. you know what to do, but you know, there's a whole different skill set to oh. go from being yeah. a trainer to being a business owner. And, you know, I learned all that on the fly. I learned all that on my own. I learned all that mm -hmm. through realizing, okay, we need more clients. How do I get better at mm -hmm. marketing? And right. So, um, but I just, I developed a really big love for that. I developed a love for, and, and probably my biggest love I've ever had in 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 the world in terms of a craft, um, I fell in love first with fitness. I loved strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. I loved it, um, but I have fallen in love with this the this small business side of running a business. I've fallen in love with marketing, um, with, with with how to run a successful business, with the customer service side of it, and it's just something that I've if I could pinpoint of what I'm most passionate about in the world. It, it, it's helping gym owners grow and have a successful mm -hmm. business so they can have a more successful life, right? That's yeah. really what it, and, and I've been able to do that for myself. I've not really missed a bedtime, you know, for my kids ever because yeah. I structured my gym to be able to give me that freedom. Um, and that's kind of what we're doing with Mastermind is we're, we're, we're helping gym owners 
grow more successful companies because the company is the vehicle for that owner to have a more successful life. Mm -hmm. And so we can't like just like say, here, do this to have a more successful life. The business is the vehicle that's got to be in place in check sure. uh, to be able to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we're doing with Mastermind. So you started with eight. What do you have right now? How many? 78. Seven? Yeah. That's pretty good. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. it's very good. Um, and, you know, to, to kind of go back to your, your core mission of helping other people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's ingrained in, in all of us as, as trainers, right? Most of us get into this field to do that. Um, but the failure rate of a, a trainer is, I, I don't know the numbers, but probably significantly high, right? So um, most trainers who get into this field to help other people don't get a chance to actually help enough people because yeah. they don't have that, um, that business background or that like very much like you I didn't know anything about business until I owned one mm -hmm. until I got into it and I failed my I had another business before this I failed we closed our doors and I failed a lot of times in this business but um, to have that opportunity um, to learn from someone like you and to be in the room with the you know you said 78 77 other people 76 other people um, you know it's just it's something that uh, I would hope that more uh, owners, gym owners, uh, can be exposed to, um, and you know, we'll do uh, whatever we can to get our get your word out on here, um, putting our stuff in, uh, or putting your stuff in our show notes. And um, but if you're a gym owner, and you're listening to this, you you need to uh, consider um, joining. Well, biasly, the SPF Mastermind, <laughs> but um, at least a group of other gym owners around. Yeah. And um, because you know, I've been a uh, I've come across a lot of gym owners. There's a lot of people that are extremely passionate about what they do. They just don't have the opportunity or they don't have the background and the, mm -hmm. um, the knowledge to run a successful business. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's, as we said, it's a completely different skill set. And, um, you know, I, I look at it. Uh, I wrote a book called The, the Four Stages of, uh, of Fitness Business Success. And there's this original stage where you're like, as the gym owner, you're kind of like, you're the one doing everything mm -hmm. and you're doing all the training and doing all that. Uh, and then there's like another stage that you graduate to where you get a couple staff members and you start to have to really think about and focus on hiring and staff development and mm -hmm. staff training. And then you go to the next stage and then you're running a real organization like you guys are where there's, you know, people in main seats that are sitting in the marketing seat and sitting in the finance seat and everything mm -hmm. like that. And there's this, there's these stages and each stage, there's a whole new skill set um, to learn. So it's really not just, you know, going from trainer to business right. owner, it's really going from <laughs> trainer to stage one business owner, then stage mm -hmm. two. Um, and each of them has their own set of problems and each of them has their own set of skill sets that, you know, all uh, business owners need to learn. And th th the funny thing is, is like, it's no different, right? It's n no different than any other business. Like running a gym and, you know, running a successful, like, you know, chiropractic practice, it still goes through mm -hmm. the same challenges. Yeah. Still, It's like, it's very similar. Like business is like so similar. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not really different. It's, there's mechanics of business. And it's yeah. like, if you look at it, it's, there is marketing that gets the word out. There's people that sell them into a membership there's operations which fulfills the membership and then there's the finance department mm -hmm. which collects the money from what the operations mm -hmm. did and then it goes around and around and around it's like that's just it's the same for yeah. for every business yeah, it's point. not it's not much different from a gym yeah. or anything like that but those things must be learned right
um, that that's the big point. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's um, it, it, when when you get a little further along in the business like we have, you kind of understand that it gets you thinking about um, how simple all these businesses are, uh, how big uh, these businesses get. And it's all based off of the simplicity of, of understanding those concepts, right? You could be a multi-billion dollar business um, and you have to understand those concepts uh, to get that. And it's just, um, it's really, it's it's an interesting world um, to get into. At least I find it very interesting um, to be able to, to get those specific um, parts like the marketing, everything down um, to be... Uh, as efficient as good and it's never good enough right it's never at least it, you, we never um are just like okay it's set it's good to go right and yeah. and, and, tr- and move on right it, it, it's always tinkering it's always making better and um i think part of what uh you know fitness gym owners i guess business uh, uh owners have um is that it's the same as fitness as personal training as training ourselves right for me i enjoy training because you know, it's never ending, right? I'm always doing something different in the gym. I'm always changing my workouts. I'm always striving for a different goal. A couple of years ago, I did the marathon. I'll never do a marathon ever <laughs> yeah. again. But it was something, and it's the same thing. If you don't have the same concepts, if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating right, if you're not um, having hydration, if you're not, you know, working out a couple of days a week, strength training, if you're not hitting those those um, those steps along the way, you'll never be successful. Um, in, in fitness or in business, I was I was at a uh, a Tony Robbins seminar. I went uh, to a thing called Date with Destiny with my wife, and we spent six days in Florida with Tony right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And um, he was putting his core values up on the board. And it was really cool to see Tony Robbins' yeah. core mm-hmm. values. I'm sure people listening to this know who he is, or have at least heard of him. Um, but he um, his number one core value. The one that drove all the rest of his values was his health and energy. And it was just like a really eye-opener for me. And I kind of knew that as being in the fitness space. Um, But that's really the driver of everything in life, right? The driver of everything in life is driven by how you feel, Mm -hmm. right? And when you feel energetic and when you feel healthy and you feel strong, you're going to have a better marriage. Mm -hmm. You're going to be a better parent. Mm -hmm. You're going to be better at work. It's really like if we and we talked about like meditation and how that was like a commitment to focus mm-hmm. on that um, because that's a, that's a driver of your well-being, right? Um, and to to all your listeners listening to this, the people that are coming here to work out, the people that you know are are you know really getting after it in here, um, they're making a commitment till the to really probably the most important thing in their life because that thing that they're committing to is making every aspect, other aspect of their life um, better. So I think of what we do is like, it's it's so important, it really is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that what you guys are doing is creating, as you said, a third place and making it more of a community yeah. is, like a, is like another bonus of it. And I think that's what keeps people coming longer too. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, to, have the the opportunity for you to to help uh, business owners uh, in this fitness industry um, create places like this and create more. Will bring you all the way back to why you started, right? Is to help people get in shape, right? And the more business owners you could help run successful gyms, the more people you could help get in shape. And just like your your client, your most successful client story, right? It's most successful because she's helped 
thousands of people afterwards, yeah. right? Um, and, and that's going to be uh, your story as a business owner. It's because you're going to help, hopefully. Well, it is interesting, like the amount of um, gym owners that I've seen that, and obviously this is not you, Mike, but the amount of gym owners that I've seen and I've worked with personally that have let their own health go. And yeah, isn't it weird? It's 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 a it's a weird it's weird, but it's also hey, they've never had to deal with the stress mm-hmm. of owning a business and the amount of time that it takes and the amount of energy that it takes, and all of a sudden, you know, the other thing is too is like I look at there's this shift when people turn a certain age, right, and they're buying a house, and they're getting married, and they're having kids. Like those three things, it's easy to run a gym, right? When you don't have any of those things in your life, but then you add buying a house, getting Mm -hmm. married, having children on top of running a successful business. That's when I see a lot of gym owners having challenges, you know, with their stress levels and with their own fitness levels. So I believe like a lot of the things I'm going to be doing in the future is that is fitness for gym owners. Right. And, you know, maybe there's things that we can get into that, you know, um, you know, I I believe there's another level and another layer of a high level of fitness that may not be accessible to a lot of people and things like hormone replacement therapy and Mm -hmm. all those things. Like, I think those are all very real things, you know, to get to a next level of of health and, and, and transformation that a lot of guys, you know, that are on the cutting edge of entrepreneurship are, are talking about because mm-hmm. they're realizing that, hey, I'm my, I, my success goes as far as my brain and body will take me. Right. And so the investment of that, and that's how I look at, like, everything that I do from a health standpoint. Like, I have my own health coach, mm-hmm. buddy in Chicago, and I meet with him once a week, and we talk on the phone once a week, mm-hmm. and he writes a program for me, and he does it, like, and I know everything that he's telling me. Right. Not, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say everything. He's pretty smart, dude. Right. But I know a lot of it, but I needed that person mm-hmm. to, I, I don't want to think about that. Like right. I want someone else to be able to do that for me so I can then focus on what my main, mm-hmm. you know, goals and, are. And smart. I could optimize your training, right? Because yeah. we're all biased. I, I'll, I do the things that I like to do in the right, training. Right, right, <laughs> you know, right, like right. If I could, I'd spend, you know, every day bicep curling, right? Yeah. But, you know, having somebody else yeah, giving you that work. accountability. Yeah, fake work. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, but having that accountability, everybody needs a coach, right? Yeah. Everybody, regardless of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I think it's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing you're doing for yourself. I think that's really smart, mm-hmm. you know, because like you said, it gives yourself the time to just go and do what they're telling you to do. You're not yeah. thinking about it yourself. No, and then and even from a, a lab standpoint to, to have someone that can, you know, evaluate what's going on right. inside your body. Right. I think that's another level, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know one of the questions were, what's the next level of fitness? It's, well, you know, we're all looking at the watches, right, and looking at how many steps do we have and all that. But what's going on inside your body, right? right? That's a factor. And I think a lot of people, like, get to, like, 45, 50 years old, and they haven't even looked at that stuff. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's once a year, and it's a very it's generic basic, yeah. type of thing. Like the good stuff. But there's a lot of really important things that probably need to be known to find that another gear and that another layer of, of health and that's where I think that it needs to go mm-hmm. um, to get true truly healthy so, so how do you bring that to general population you know I think we're through 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 joint partnerships and relationships I don't mm-hmm. know if like every 
you know, gym in the world's going to have a phlebotomist on staff and you're going to get your blood taken every, it's possible. Right. And I know there's some that, that, uh, phlebotomist is someone that draws, draws your blood. Oh, okay. Uh, so a phlebotomist would come in and and draw your blood and they would send. Well, that's one of our relationships with Dr. uh, Correct. So, so Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I do know gyms that, that do have that as, you know, being included and, and everything like that, but you're kind of mixing the medical model you know, with a fitness world. Um, so I think the secret is, you know, for, for gyms to be aware of that and also to for people to be, you know, for them to be communicating with their clients that that is an important thing. And mm-hmm. do you know what, you know, the, the CRP is C-reactive protein, right. which is the measure of inflammation in your body. And when I say that to most people, they've never even heard right. of that. And that's an issue. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. People should know what that number is and, you know, um, making sure that they're, because that's what's driving, you know, a lot a of lot. the diseases sure. in the world yeah. is, in, is inflammation. So, right. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that's definitely important. I think um, that would go a long way in, uh, you know, like a population like our community, you uh-huh. know, like our gym. Um, but I, I think in terms of, uh, you know, big picture, our, our country is still getting fatter and yeah. unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the uh, now more than ever, there's enough data it's not about um, knowing anything anymore, right? All the information's out there. Most people know what healthy food is, yep. and most people know that exercise is important. And um, but yet, we're still trending in the wrong direction, and that's something that uh, you know Kelly and I talk about a lot. That drives us to continue to get better because we we want to stop that. We want to change the the direction that our um, you know that our country is going in in terms of health. And, and I think. You know, if it, if COVID wasn't a wake up call, which we we said during that whole time that yeah. this is going to be a wake up call for a lot of people, and if it's not, um, you know, it's going to be really tough to help you. But uh, since then, people have still gotten more and more unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and I, I personally struggle with trying to find how to get that uh, to more people, get that out to more people, to help more people, because we're going in the wrong direction, and we we need to change that quickly. The best, the best uh, thing that happens to me is when I have a kid comes up to me that is 25, 26 years old, and this happened to me somewhat recently, and was one of the reasons that drove me to restart the GRIT program, but he came up to me, he was 26 years old, good-looking kid, fit, strong, came up to me, and he was like, you know, Mr. Gabriel, I want to let you know that I did your program when I was like in seventh grade, eighth oh. grade, and... Um, everything I learned in that program I still do today and I was like looking at this kid who's fit and strong Mm -hmm. and the stuff he learned as a seventh and eighth grader in my program lasted him a lifetime and I and I literally heard that and actually it was part of the article I wrote to launch the Mm -hmm. the new program Um, and um, I think that's up again I don't know if this is the answer but I think that this is probably the driver of the grit program for me is that maybe what we need to do is uh, I think there's two things that kids are not getting enough education on in school Um, and one is fitness the other is money and I think that those are two things that that kids need an education on money Um, they need to understand how to to save they need to understand about Mm -hmm. confident interest they need to they need to understand money and they need to understand about fitness. And I think we're spending a lot of time, you know, still, you know, using a model that was created, you know, and for World War mm-hmm. II and all of that, right, in school. 
right? And we got these kids sitting at desks all day, and it's great, and it's and it's good for some, it's not good for others, but I think if there's two things that's going to make the world better, it's education on fitness and education on money, um, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. got to start early in school. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you want to go down a whole another rabbit hole, I think that's done intentionally, but um, they want to keep us fat and stupid and making that worse that's, but that's a definite we, rabbit hole we won't go down that rabbit hole yeah, right no. now because um we've done that before we get bad reviews from our listeners so we won't go that way but um uh, I, I guess you know uh that's the answer right the next generation no pun intended but like the answer is to start changing the culture from you know a, a younger age and and hopefully uh, that will continue to um, kind of snowball. As but I think it, I think it starts in the home too. They're like, so what you guys are mm-hmm. doing here is you're creating leaders of the home, right? You're helping moms and dads and people that are getting here and getting strong, and they're learning from you guys about health and fitness and exercise. And then what they're doing two things: one, they're showing their kids by example what to do, right? Mm-hmm. Mom goes to the gym every morning at 9 o'clock. That's what mm-hmm. she does. And I saw my mom do that. I never saw my parents work out a day in their lives. Yeah. Like, I, the, the, the fact that I do what I do for a living is, is a miracle, <laughs> right? Um, but the people that you're training, the people that are coming to this gym are – demonstrating that this is an important thing in their life. That's why my wife, Vanessa, she gets up, she goes to our gym at 6 a.m. every morning, gets up at 5, does a 6 o'clock session. And Mm -hmm. she comes back and she's sweaty and she's making breakfast for the kids and the kids see her Mm -hmm. in that. I have a thing called sweaty kisses for my kids. And every (laughs) time I go get to a workout and I come up and I give kids sweaty kisses because I want them to remember dad worked out Mm -hmm. i want them to remember that fitness was an important thing in their life and he came up and gave me that disgusting sweaty kiss (laughs) right and it's actually become like a joke in the family but what it's doing is it's it's leading it's leading by example and i think that that's what you guys are doing so well here is you're creating that environment to allow these people to lead by example but then also and I know what you guys do is you educate people, right? You don't just train them, you educate totally. them. You educate them about nutrition, you educate them about this. And now they're going home and they're learning and they're able to go back into their home. Mm-hmm. And they know how to feed their kids better, They whether they do it or right. not. And again, right. no one's perfect too. Like we're, sure. you know, I, you know, we're not perfect at our house. Like we don't have the perfect amount of food in our house. We don't have the perfect, you know, where there's pretzels in our house and things like that. They don't have but, to be. You don't yeah. have to be. be though. And um, but but I think that's what I see as a big driver of this is 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 yes we can go right to the kids, and we should, mm-hmm. but really we need to make sure that the most important influences on the kids' life are living this way, mm-hmm. and I think there's a much better chance of, of that happening if they do. Yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget when they um, I think it was during COVID during their gym class, they had to track, my kids had to track their food. And I was like, so excited. Like they had, they downloaded the free app and I was so excited because you know, it's just important. And they hear me talk about it all the time and they did it for one day. So the next day I'm all excited. Like, did you track your food today? Did you see the difference between yesterday and today? And they're like, Oh no, we only had to do it for one day. And I was like, well, what's the point of that? That's showing you absolutely nothing. That's not teaching you anything. If you had done that for a week, you could have seen I eat this, this day, too much that day. There was no lesson involved in it other than tracking mm-hmm. your food. Track it once. Like, again, I don't think these, I don't want to say phys ed teachers or health teachers, they don't 
they're not in that space themselves. Yeah. You know, so for them to turn around and teach it to them, that's a fun thing to, for kids to do is track their food through. You can mm-hmm. make that a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know if it's different these days. I think it is, but when I was in high school and grade school, physical education was take a ball and go play soccer. Like, mm-hmm. that's really yeah. what it was. And I think that there is this opportunity to use physical education, uh, honestly, not just to get kids moving more, right? We want to get kids moving more, but also to educate kids Mm -hmm. on on this stuff. And I know probably some of it's done like in health class and they're learning about the the food pyramid. Mm -hmm. Which is upside down, right? (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you know, it it starts to evolve. I know it just takes a long time yeah. mm-hmm. to make shifts in that yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, it will. Hopefully, um, well, I want to wrap this up. Ask you a couple questions. Sure. Uh, you know, I know. Um, you know, we've we've covered a lot uh, up until this point, and uh, some of the questions have already been answered. But um, in, in terms of personal success and personal growth, we talked a lot about that uh, today, uh, and I think that's a lot a big part of our industry uh, uh, being coaches, fitness coaches. You know that um, they go hand in hand. Do you have a, a favorite book that you may want to recommend to our listeners about um, personal growth or success? Um, yeah, um, I mean, there's obviously so many uh, out there, but I would say if I had to pick one for personal growth and success, it's got to be uh, Think and Grow Rich, uh, which was written by uh, Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And the, the story of the book is, is so powerful where he was hired by a guy named Andrew Carnegie, who was, if you haven't seen the show on the History Channel, The Men Who Built America, uh, it's pretty incredible, um, but it was all about the Industrial Revolution, right? And Andrew Carnegie was the founder of Carnegie Steel and was a multi-multi-probably billionaire, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hired Napoleon Hill to go around to all the most successful people in America. And he said, hey, I want you to interview the most successful people. And this was in a time where there was really successful people. You had like... Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt was mm-hmm. interviewed. You had John Rockefeller. You had Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, like all these people that were super successful and they're mm-hmm. pioneering so much of what we use today. Right. And it was all during that span of like, you know, I think like 18, the late 1800s to like, you know, the 19, you know, 30s and mm-hmm. 40s in that era. Um, but so Hill went around and he interviewed people for 25 years and he took those 25 years of interviews and boiled them down to 16 success principles, Hmm. um, about success and life and money and everything. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of the Bible. It's like the, the Bible of personal development, really, uh, the, the argument can make that the Bible is the, 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 the book right, that all of it comes mm-hmm. from, True. right? But I do believe that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of a direct book, mm-hmm. if you had to read one, um, Thinking Grow Rich would probably be the, the, the number one to recommend. Yeah, it's a yeah. great answer. That's in my uh, top list. I, a couple of books I, I start the year off with every year. Um, it's, that's one of them. And uh, How to Win Fl- uh, Friends, Influence yep. People is yep. another one. Yep. There's a, um, and I think what's important for our listeners is that uh, just because it's about thinking grow rich doesn't mean you can't take those principles and apply it to other areas of your life, yeah. like your fitness goals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's more of, uh, 
you know, the mindset of, of, of approach than it is uh, just about making money. So yeah. um, if you haven't listened to uh, read that, I definitely would, would back that up and uh, agree with Vince on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in terms of, you, we, we talked about the Michael Singer book before, right? The um, Living Untethered. Uh, that's more of a, that spiritual growth, right? Personal yeah. growth. That it's um, a little bit deeper. Do you have uh, any other books in that realm that you would recommend? Um, that would that would definitely be the one I probably would recommend. And again, this is going down a deeper rabbit hole. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think of one I could recommend that maybe is a little uh, less uh, less deep in terms of the uh, the spiritual growth one, but uh, that's the one that's coming. He did write an original book to that called The Untethered Soul, which maybe is you know probably the one people should start with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the precursor to the book that I gave you guys, Living Untethered. So mm-hmm. I would say for um, the the other one though that I think is is powerful in conjunction with the book the book talks about really letting go right Mm -hmm. and that's like that we're unhappy because we're resisting we are unhappy because of um these types of things that have happened to us that you know we hold on to right Right. and really the mechanism to freedom right to 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 feeling free in the mind is really all about letting go and what this there is a book called letting go by david hawkins and he does a brilliant job in the first couple of chapters of describing actually how to do that of all right you want to let go well what am i letting go mm-hmm. of and he, he just kind of like explains how to do it and i feel like that in conjunction with singer's work uh for me was hugely helpful Mm -hmm. to be able to read how to um you know learning from singer that that, all right the secret to 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 being free in the mind is to let go but also to know or how do i do that right and hawkins book does a a brilliant job of of doing that so awesome yeah Yeah. thanks for uh, i know i kind of put you on the spot with that that question it wasn't in the pre uh question notes but um uh thank you for that uh now, change gears a little bit. Fitness-related book. I know you're you're kind of haven't probably haven't been uh, studying fitness in a, in a while. You're your more business mindset. Um, uh, but do you have a fitness book that, uh, that you recommend? I here's the thing. I'm gonna recommend, and 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 I don't think anyone in your that trains here that needs to read this. But um, I I love training with kettlebells. I I do. I pretty much the only thing I have in my basement are kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Um, I have light kettlebells, I have heavy kettlebells, like I can get almost all of my training done with, with them. And mm-hmm. so I read Pavel's book, Enter the Kettlebell, mm-hmm. which is basically like, you know, a book about kettlebells mm-hmm. and like what to do. And so, like I said, I don't think that your listeners need to get, if they're training here, they don't need to go read that because right. I saw how many kettlebells you guys yeah. have here. And you're, but, but I just feel like it's such a really good, and again, it's a tool, right? It's right. not like the only thing um, that you should do. I mm-hmm. do yoga. Um, there's lots of things that I do do, but um, I, I just I just love that book because I believe like let's say someone doesn't train here and they don't know what to do. If they could learn how to do a Turkish get up, a kettlebell swing, and a goblet squat, like they can train for life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's all they need. So I feel like it's almost like it's such a great tool 
and it's a very minimalist way to to not need a gym but to really improve endurance to improve strength to improve mobility uh there's just so much so i mm-hmm. i love the cool i love the pavel's uh book yeah it's a great yeah. i mean you must be on our uh, email list because last wednesday i put an email about that exactly that uh, oh, kettle, really? how kettlebells are the perfect mm-hmm. uh, at home gym yeah. and the perfect christmas gift they really because, are you know you don't need a lot of space you don't need uh, a lot of uh, equipment you don't need a lot of time you can hit your total they're body yeah. and they're fun and yeah so i um, did uh i did a, a three-day certification in with pavel in uh minnesota when i was oh. like mm-hmm. 2011 or something mm-hmm. nice and uh that was my hands were just like shredded. Oh my god! I bet that was fun. Though. Uh, it was really fun, but I have never had blisters like. Really? I, I, I it, they were like torn open and bleeding. It was like it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, along those lines, what's your favorite exercise? Is it a kettlebell exercise? Uh, my favorite exercise is the double kettlebell deadlift. Okay. Yeah. The two double ke- kettlebell. The deadlift. double kettlebell. Yeah. Two two kettlebells. Sumo. Mm-hmm. You know, wide stance, toes out. Um, I just feel like it's my, my favorite lift. And if I do that one, um, everything gets stronger. My mm-hmm. whole body gets stronger mm-hmm. just from that one lift. Cool. And I would say second would be the swing, the kettlebell swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What about for cardio? Uh, running a hill. Mm-hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. Running up a, where you mm-hmm. can find yep. the biggest damn hill you can find and go run up it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Yep. I would say that. Uh, and again, to, to also, I think from a cardio standpoint, I think some of the steady state stuff gets a bad rap. I think that we still need to do it. Um, I, I think like this morning, my workout was 45 minutes on a bike with my heart rate from 120 to 125 beats. And that's what I'm doing when I get off. It's when we get off strengthening the left ventricle of your heart. I think it's an important thing to do yeah. that almost like the hit world is good and i think it's interval training is good but i do think it's a super healthy thing for people to train their heart uh, especially people that are untrained mm-hmm. i think you know people that are untrained should definitely be doing this um, and building a good sound you know aerobic base mm-hmm. um so i'd say just low level cardio you know with your heart rate between around like 60 to 70 percent for 30 to 60 minutes is just mm-hmm. a good healthy thing to do mm-hmm. Um, but then, um, yeah, running up a, a big old hill yeah. is, is mm-hmm. my favorite. Yeah. 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 And, and I think cardio uh, gets a bad rap because it all gets lumped together too, right? Yeah. People think if you're out for a run or if you're doing a, a walk or it's all the same, but, um, it's really not. And we talk a lot, we've been talking a lot lately about the low intensity, um, steady state, uh, cardio going for yeah. a walk, you know, and keeping your yeah. heart rate in that zone two, zone one, zone two yep. range, um, and the health benefits that come along with that. And, um, and we think most people should definitely be starting there, but um, that should be a majority of what their their cardio um, base is. And then throw in the hits and the sprints and the hard work a couple of days a week. But um, it was a fad, especially uh, probably still is, but um, with the big group training and yeah. the hit and the yeah. high intensity. And it's a lot of fun to be in those. But the problem comes is when um, it's done every day. And, yeah. we, you know, we had people coming every single day and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not meant to be like that every right. day. So that that's one of the main reasons why we shifted our focus as a business from uh, large large group team training to our small group model that we run now. Smart. Um, because we could, we could handle um, – being able to specifically help each person. Some people might need more hits. Some people might need more lists, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, cardio, 
uh, gets a really bad rap. I mean, most people who think of it as just go out and run. And there, there's a whole, uh, a whole lot more intricacies in, behind it that, uh, you know, professional coaches could definitely, you know, help and, you with. And it's one of the things what I love, um, why I love rocking so much is that, you know, rocking is just, it's uh, it's like strength training and cardio mm-hmm. at, the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that I think future people should be really looking into doing much more of. Um, plus, I just love the mind clearing of going out and mm-hmm. walking, but and also feeling like you've strength trained at the mm-hmm. same yeah. time. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so for somebody who's looking to start, uh, do you have any advice for them? Um, get a good backpack. Um, definitely spend money mm-hmm. on it. And don't like get one of those crappies. Don't borrow your like school kids backpack. To, to, like, <laughs> to do it. Um, it's I believe you know comfort is somewhat important in that realm it's not comfortable to rock um but i do believe it gets a lot worse if it's like the it's a bad backpack and it's digging into your shoulders and you're not it's not fitted on yourself Mm -hmm. um and also not starting too heavy you Mm -hmm. know a lot of times we'll just want to put as much weight as we can and i I, I believe that Go Ruck, who's the main company that does it, they, they have all kinds of stuff on their website on what you should start at, like what percent is it's a percentage of body weight mm-hmm. okay. that you would start at. So I, I'm not going to give any specific recommendations on other than get a really good backpack, invest mm-hmm. in that. If you're going to do it, invest yeah. in it, and then don't start too heavy. Start light and then work your yeah. way mm-hmm. up to. Um, but but I found it's it's. I mean I do it. I, at one point, I was doing it three days a week. I now only do it on Sundays. It's kind of my Sunday mm-hmm. thing where I do it for every Sunday. It's like I just look forward to mm-hmm. getting outside, and no matter what the weather is, I'm doing it. If mm-hmm. it's raining, if it's snowing, whatever. Um, and I just found it's a really good mind-clearing thing to do, but also a good, good you know, yeah. you know, workout. Well, now with your 75 hard, you're going to have to be outside every day, right? That's yeah. Part of it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, you do go. two workouts. Uh, one of them's got to be outside. Yeah. yeah cause I, I know nothing about rucking. I mean, I, I go out and walk every day, and I used to do it with a weight vest, but it would bother my traps, like the, the weight after mm-hmm. I'd go for a while. So yeah. um, maybe uh, getting a good backpack and, and some weight that way would be better. Yeah. Um, our one charity does a ton of them all the mm-hmm. time. Warrior yeah. Strong. They mm-hmm. always do rocks. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We, should, we should go. We should we'll go. join one one time. Yeah. Good idea. Um, all right, cool. Uh, Vince, do you have anything you want to uh, finish this conversation up with? No, I just I love that. Uh, I love what's going on here. I love how um, engaged your staff is. Again, like I walked in, I saw the team meeting of your trainers. I could tell they were excited about mm-hmm. what they were doing and they were talking about different clients and mm-hmm. you know yeah. making sure everyone got what they needed and the gym looks perfect and everything like that so right. thank congrats you. to yeah, you thank guys you uh, for doing a great job and providing a great uh, uh community for your for the people of randolph you know to, to come to and mm-hmm. and uh keep going well thank you um if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you uh, what's the best way to do that uh i'd probably just say you just go to my everything through my website just vincegabriel.com you can get a copy of my book uh, there, they can contact me through there. Um, so it's my website. Cool. And, and I guess that's one thing I forgot in the intro is uh, you're also a, a well-established author, right? Yeah. How many books do you have out now? I think there's ten now. Ten books. Ten, wow. ten books. Well, yeah. That's uh, that's impressive. So. Uh, and I have to tell you, I do enjoy your books. Thank you. I'm, I get lost in a lot of books. So I kind of trail off, but I do. I, you write very well. Thank you. And I really I enjoy reading that. your books. So anybody who is listening, 
um, who's looking to, you know, get deeper in marketing and, and growing your business in different ways, your gym. It's, it's one thing that writing books has become a little bit of an addiction because of the legacy side of it, right? When you write a book, it's something that lasts, you know, forever. And so I've committed to writing a book every year. That's awesome. Uh, that That's I'm, great. That I'm on this earth. Do you want to so tell we'll us what, what the preview for 2023 book? Yeah, so, so 2022 was the big book. I don't know if you guys... Yeah. I love it. Have I have that. it by that. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. keep switching it back. If, yeah. I think that is genius. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, but it was it was an easier one to write. But the big book is uh, 557 pages, I think. Ooh, yeah, 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 that's, that's not, it's, it's, it's a big one. That's yeah. why she carries it more often. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be your start to rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's using, it's using the go. big book. Perfect. Um, the but I, I, my book this year will be more of a flagship uh, book. I created this concept uh, that relates football and business, um, and every business has an offense which is the sales and marketing. Um, every business has a defense, right? Which is, you know, how do you keep clients, mm -hmm. right? And then there's the special teams, which is the operational efficiency of it and how it's run without money leaks and being able to build cash. Right. So it's really getting clients is the offense, keeping clients is the defense, and then building cash is the special teams. And so my goal is that with that concept and that framework that I can write a book that will be in the backpack of every gym owner that I possibly can mm -hmm. because it describes um, the entire process of kind of what we went through earlier uh, today in terms of marketing, sales, operations, mm -hmm. finance. Mm -hmm. um, but it does it in a way that is, I think a lot of people understand that right, concept. It's relatable. Right, it's relatable. I think I mean. they, can, they mm -hmm. can understand it. Right, very well. Um, and so that is the, uh, I'm working on the exact title uh, right now. That's one of my to-do lists is to write 20 book titles out and okay. decide on the best one. Yeah. Oh, or have well. you written the book? Is it done? No, the book's not done. Oh, okay. That's, my, that's the book I'm going to write gotcha. in 2023. Yeah. Cool. Very mm. cool. Well, yeah. we have a goal, or I have a goal of writing a book. I want to write a children's book. even though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, last time that I've, <laughs> I probably never even read a children's book when I was a kid. But, uh, you know, I, going back to like, your great concept, yeah. you know, I want to write a children's book about fitness. So I, I tell you, I, lo I, I have my, so my, uh, Jocko Willink, who I think mm -hmm. you know, he wrote a bunch of children's books. And... That is what got my son into jujitsu. Uh -huh. Is we read his children's book. They're talking about jujitsu in there, and my son wanted to try it, and we mm -hmm. did it. And he's been doing it for two years, and it's like wow. changing his life. That's it's great. amazing. That's great. But that all started from a children's book. Mm -hmm. So I think children's books, and and we talk about money. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about money in the youth. I uh, I have a series of books that Dave Ramsey wrote that are children's books that teach kids about money, and I read mm. those to my kids. So that's cool. I think you're, that's a mm. really, really great idea to do that because those are powerful and important. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, now I have to, now that I put it out yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Mm. There you go. It was written on our board. We had our 2023 goals, and we cleaned it off. But it, it was up there. It was already committed to. Um, all right, cool. So uh, I guess, uh, Kelly, you have anything to wrap it up on? No, just thanks for coming. My yeah. pleasure. Thanks, thanks for having you know, me. This, this studio looks great mm -hmm. in here, thank too. You. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah we, we appreciate you coming in, taking the time to, to drive up Route 10, what, 24 to Route 10? Is that what it was? Oh, okay. no, did you come the back way? Did you come by the Grave Swamp? I came the way Waze took me. Okay. Yeah. I was, like, over the river and through <laughs> the woods coming out. No, I was, I was route, route 10. Route 10. Oh, all right. Uh, eight, 2480. Mm -hmm. Boring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Boring. Um, it's actually, that's the 
opposite of where I go every. Actually, no, I come up this way. I pass. I must pass uh, three every day coming from Staten Island. I come up twenty four. Okay. Almost every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Thank you for coming. We appreciate your time. We appreciate everything you do for uh, not only us, uh, not only us as a business, um, us as people, helping us grow, uh, helping everybody in the mastermind grow, and just you know making this industry what it should be. Because I think um, there's been a, a lot of uh, I don't want to say disrespect, but our our industry should be on a higher platform than what it is because of what we do for people um, and guys like you who help people like us um, get to that point uh, is super important. So thank you for all you do. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, or if not, um, you can leave us a, a review. We, you know, we, we we'll take any review. review. We don't care if it's five star or two. We, we'll take any <laughs> review at this point because <laughs> we don't get any reviews. Um, but uh, please leave us a, a review. Uh, and you could um, check our show notes if you want to get a hold of any of us. Vince will put your information in there too. And uh, thank you all for listening and uh, yeah. be well. Yeah.